Hey, what's up, everybody? The Shadow Things is back. We got Vanessa and Kurt. We're in a new format here. We are we're live. We're no longer just an audio podcast. We are in your face on YouTube or wherever wherever else this thing's streaming to. This could be streaming to Uranus. It's probably a bad uh, analogy there, but uh, let's yeah. let's try Pluto. Could be streaming on Pluto for all <laughs> I know. But so yeah, we're we're back. We haven't done a podcast in a while, and uh, this is the Shadow Things Show. Um, kind of renamed it a little bit to Shadow Things Show from the Shadow Things Podcast because. Last year, when we were full throttle with the podcast, it was audio only. But now, as you can see, we're we're going to do this uh, StreamYard format. We're all going to be on camera, and you can see what's going on. Doesn't mean we're all going to be split up all the time. We all might see us come into studio together, and you know, relieve really the the glory days. But for now, we're going to try this StreamYard format and just kind of broadcast as much as possible. You know, this might give us an opportunity to put out some more shows, talk about spooky shit more often and for people that are just joining us we do cuss on the channel this is an opportunity for us to kind of joe rogan format the paranormal topics so on shadow things we talk about ghosts paranormal hauntings cryptids i mean you just name it um help me out with some other topics kurt i mean some of the obscura type cop oh, we, we talked about the occult and witchcraft and uh ufos yeah um, i mean i'm sure that if anybody is you know a fan of our old podcast that uh they remember our our messed up uh ufo episode where we lost all of our recording so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when we started was getting good. I know. It I was, was getting so ready. Good. I was getting ready to give up all the secrets of Area Fifty One, and the Fed stopped in, and they were like, the the feed went dead. We lost the entire show. I can't remember what I did to have to kind of recreate the the audio stream, but I was we able were, to put something. We were up. recording it on somebody's cell phone, also for video oh, purposes. Right. right. Yeah, so we salvaged that one, but hopefully using the StreamYard format, which I love so far, um, we're able to maintain our connection. So the federales, if you're listening, you can F off because this is our podcast show and we're going to talk about whatever we want to. Now, if we if we divulge too many secrets, go ahead and, go ahead and shut us down. That way we know we can <laughs> confirm whether it's true or not by shutting us down. So yes. we probably won't get shut down now. Yeah, it would anyway. be helpful, you know. It, yeah, if we're anywhere near any truth, just shut us off. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll just turn it back on and keep talking about it. But um, for anybody that's new to Shadow Things, my name's Brent. Who, Vanessa, who else do we hi. Vanessa. Kurt. And, and, of course, Kurt. Kurt started off as a guest, but he's just as much of Shadow Things as anybody. So. <laughs> He's on 99.9% .9 of the episodes. Um, yep. Speaking speaking of past episodes, if you want to see what we've been up to before, um, we did put out, I think it's 11 or 12 podcast audio uh, episodes. You can find it on Spotify, um, Apple, Google, um, you know, all your podcast distribution points, wherever you get your local or favorite podcast. So you can check out the old episodes there and we explain a little bit more about ourselves. You can hear the old past topics. Uh, I think the last one we did was on Wicca 
uh, witchcraft and some of the historical uh, stuff. Uh, Kurt is Kurt is amazing at uh, history and providing that into the the spectrum. And I'm just kind of looking at the camera like. <laughs> but, uh, Same. Same. But it's always it's always a great discussion, no matter what we're talking about. But um, it wasn't like my said, favorite episode. My favorite episode, still the Jack Parsons one, but. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was an in-house episode where we uh, just sat and talked about the uh, uh, sex and rockets and, <laughs> you know what I mean? The uh, That was a good episode. But we talk about a lot of a lot of other otherly type topics, you know, if it's outside the norm. So it's called the Shadow Things podcast. I mean, we talk about shadowy topics. Um, so just... Uh, Bookmark us, like us, subscribe, whatever you want to do. If you don't want to, that's fine too, but we're going to be here as often as we can. Um, I'm thinking at least every other week, but we'll see what the schedule allows us for, you know, uh, flexibility. Um, being being able to connect remotely like this and do the show through StreamYard does allow us to be a little bit more flexible with uh, with the show. We don't have to travel to each other and stuff. And we can also do these shows remotely, like if we're at a haunted location or doing a ufo sighting or a, going to a lecture or even on vacation we can share you know a stream or whatever so can we plan a ufo sighting we can plan one so i will get the pie pan <laughs> okay i i'm pretty good throw so i'm gonna whiz it up in the air and we'll do a sighting all right which is which is where the the ufo twitter community is heading right now by the way no. so we're, we're gonna talk today we're gonna talk a little bit about we're gonna we're gonna get on the Skinwalker Ranch topic. If you've seen the Skinwalker Ranch show, um, you know what we're talking about. But we'll give you a little recap there. We're gonna talk a little bit about the UFO stuff going on right now, and we're also gonna talk about the ghostly drama of paranormal television at this point. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things uh, going on there with the networks and cancellations and renewals. Um, I know Destination Fear is up for an announcement today, so we'll know whether or not they're canceled. Not a huge fan of really any of those shows, but you know, people are, and I want to cater to that if we can talk about it. Poor the one they need to get rid of is the paranormal caught on tape. Oh, oh my god! Get me I hate that show. I some of those last night for the first some, time in a long time. Oh god! Some of those those hosts I know, so I don't want to talk about them. But that show is horrible, and to the to the credit. Or to the discredit, some of those hosts, they just play along with it, too. They're like, yeah, oh, the little girl in the corner. She's so sad. You know, it's like, that ain't a little girl. That's like a bug on the lens. For sure. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that show, but we'll get into the shows here in a little bit. But So many of them, so many of those videos are total setups. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been on a YouTube rant for YouTubers uh, here lately. I don't know why, but. I'm just I'm just tired of everybody like clickbaiting and faking and there's a demon in every location. We've been over this before on our past podcast with man, you're not getting scratched and attacked by demons in your your fucking daycare videos, man. It might be a haunted daycare, but there's no demon in it. I'm telling you. No. It's like stop the clickbait. For sure. If you need if you need to clickbait people into watching your content, then you need to find another profession because you know, it's just ridiculous. I just, I, I can't stand it. I see a lot of YouTubers coming out against such content as well. On, um, you know, it's, it's just, 
if you get new people watching that content for the first time and they want to really kind of learn about the paranormal or see kind of what it's really like, they come across a headline that says attacked by a demon at church. Come on. I mean, it's just, they're just seeing, they're seeing the video under the premise of getting views for this YouTuber who doesn't fucking want to work. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to work from home and live the dream. And you go on TikTok and you see people scooping stickers and bananas and potato chips. And I'm not kidding. People do scoop videos of potato chips that they buy at the dollar store and resell them for like 50 bucks a bag. This is true. I've seen it. This is true. Nobody wants to work anymore. So you got these YouTubers doing these paranormal videos um, and everything's a demon. It's like, no, it's not. Just chill out. Like even the network shows don't even go that far. Yeah, yeah human nature uh, is uh, laziness. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, I could see hyping up your video a little bit, but man, leave the demon out of it. Let Beezlebub sure. chill out, you know, in Hades or wherever the hell he is. <laughs> but uh, I, he's not he's not on YouTube. But um, yeah. So Skinwalker Ranch. So first of all. Kurt, enlighten the audience as to what a skinwalker really is. So what is the kind of the definition of a skinwalker? Contrary to some of the things that that, uh, I've encountered watching the television show, um, the Native American tribes, especially in the American Southwest, talk about uh, skinwalkers. And skinwalkers are a spirit. They're a malevolent spirit. They're not... not a good spirit and those spirits will take human form to pretty much cause chaos in people's lives um i don't know where or how this this show developed that the skinwalkers were aliens that uh you know the hopi and and you indians had encountered and all this other nonsense that they're talking about because I had never in my life until this show was on heard skinwalkers being talked about as alien visitors that were, you know, cutting cattle and, you know, doing whatever. Right. Um, they, you know, the, it's an evil spirit that'll take human form and, and really just completely drive your whole life into chaos. It sounds a whole lot like a demon, except... Well, in a Christian (laughs) sort of way, I'm sure that you could equate them to a demon, yeah. I mean, it's not really... They're not going and possessing somebody, a living person. They're taking human form. Kind of more like uh, when you hear about uh, angels coming down from heaven and they look like people and stuff. It's kind of that sort of thing. Um, but they're just not good. They, they, they ruin people's lives. It's their whole, their whole purpose is to mess with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the whole, why they call them skin walkers is because they're in a human skin and they're walking amongst us. It's, it's not, (laughs) they're not little gray men running around, you know, coming down from, you know, alien ships right Right. uranus uranus (laughs) 
my uh, thing is so that my first like introduction to the whole skinwalker phenomenon um was on an episode of ghost adventures where they're supposed to be hunting ghosts and they're on skinwalker ranch and i don't know if the current owner was the one who owned it back then when they went there i'm not 100 percent sure but they like in that episode they touched on like the extraterrestrial element yeah. a little bit but it was more like oh, there's creatures here that exist, strange things happen on the ranch, but also we get UFO sightings. Like, right. when you watch this show, the actual, like, Skinwalker Ranch show, it's more of, like, just the area as a whole is weird, and they don't really talk about, like, UFO sightings, at least not yet, as far as I've been into it. I haven't. I don't know. But it It's a mishmash of... Um or mishmash, of just about anything you could throw at a viewer for ratings. I I mean, I like some of the people on the show, but the evidence that you present is a little um, unfounded. I mean, I I think there's something to the land. And it, and it did. It started off with, it's a, I, I don't know the name. I think it, the name is the Uinta Basin or something like that. Yeah. And the northeast part of... Um, Utah is where this ranch is situated at, where the show takes place. And uh, they, the, the ranch is owned by a guy named Brandon Fugel, and he's a real estate uh, investor, executive. Um, I've interacted with him on Twitter a few times. He seems like a, a nice guy, but um, he loves the paranormal. He bought the ranch from Bob Bigelow, so Robert Bigelow of uh, Bigelow Aerospace, who had a government contract to actually study the phenomenon at Skinwalker Ranch, and I think the um, the history and the the details of that is pretty much sealed from even the current owner of Skinwalker Ranch. As far as we know, um, there's a lot of things that they've they've done with their research back in the Bigelow days, where they don't talk about it with the current the current operation. You know, people are operating at Skinwalker Ranch, um, but the the evidence is. It's widespread. It's the UFOs. It's poltergeist phenomenon at the homestead sites. It's um, cow mutilations. Um, it is radiation poisoning. I mean, it's 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 physical evidence. It's um, you know, it's uh, the geography. You know, there's things underground that they're trying to figure out what's going on, and and then you get the space alien shit. You know, so you see, you see something on camera, and and it's automatically a space alien, and then you get your you get your ratings, and you hook that into the crowd. But I think something's going on there, but I just don't. I think it's a TV show, unfortunately. Um, I think a lot of that, like if you watch the show and and watch it for um, people's ability to react as if something is actually happening like hey all of a sudden this this shit happens you every everybody's reaction seems scripted to me yes yeah yeah the, the especially the guy who's the head of the security team <laughs> he is dragon. a horrible actor that's brian dragon yeah Dragon's he's a horrible best. actor I mean, the looks on his face and stuff when he says things, it's like, dude, do they, are they holding cue cards? It's funny because he tries to be serious. 
like they'll start talking about digging and that's a no-no for Brian. Nothing against him, but it's these people are driven by production, right? They're driven by segments and scenes and itineraries of, of the production crew. I'm sure there's, I know there is, there's, there's genuine research that goes on that we don't see on film, but you know, for the show itself. And that's where I'm, that's this, this is where this opinion is coming from. It's just, it's a show, but I just wish that you, you didn't have the actual PhD degreed astrophysicist types, Travis Taylor types on there passing off things that uh, are just mundane and explanation as otherworldly phenomenon. I just, I just can't get over the fact that somebody the likes of Travis Taylor goes on this show and tells people that IR illuminated cobwebs is a, is an orb entity from some fucking UFO. It just, it just drives me nuts. It's the goofiest <laughs> shit ever. The show as a whole is too like, movie-esque for me like I don't even know I don't know how to explain it like I'm waiting for it's I don't know this super rich guy is like here it had me when they were getting in they go into the airplane hangar and there's a private jet and they're in this pulling up in this super fancy sports car and I'm just like dude's got money I don't know I don't know just a little weird I feel like if I had the money that Brandon Fugel has, and it's a lot, um, I would have a lot better stuff out there. Maybe that's just me, but I mean, it seems kind of sparse. They got cameras up everywhere, yeah. But I would, I'd have the best of the best stuff. I don't know what that would be, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Travis Taylor on site. He needs to be doing something else, uh, especially with the show, like. It's not even entertainment value in my book. Kurt, do you have any opinion on Taylor? Well, I just, my biggest issue, and it has nothing to do with his degrees or anything. I just can't get past his, his Arkansas, whatever accent <laughs> that is. Uh, it, it drives me crazy because, the, you know, this guy is like this hugely intelligent person, yet I don't know if he's he's adding extra yokel to the way he talks on there because I've seen him on several other shows. History Channel has him on Ancient Aliens and stuff, and he doesn't have as thick of an accent when he's on those shows. <laughs> but on Skinwalker Ranch, it's I, I'm just waiting for him to talk about Uncle Jed and <laughs> you know and, and Granny, and it's like God. You know, you're so smart, and yet you come off as not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. I, I, I think it's funny, but I don't have a, a real problem with his accent. Or It's funny, but yeah, you have a point. You So for me, it's like... Um, Woo, doggy, there's a UAP. Yeah. <laughs> you said it right, a UAP. UIP. It's, it's floating over the shine still right now. Oh, God. Um, I don't have a problem with like his accent, but it just bothers his. Uh, to your point, Kurt, the degree part does bother me, and the du- the dude is like wicked credentialed. You know, he works for NASA, and he's done some high level stuff. But he's on a television show 
talking about cobwebs like they're actual entities and or whatever the hell, hell it uh, you know boiled down to in one of those episodes this past season um it just drives me nuts that you're trying to pass off some of that as actual phenomenon it just yeah you know, i don't understand is. it show it is for and, sure yeah and that i think that that's my biggest problem is that you can tell this is showbiz um yes. you know i i also watch oak island uh curse of oak yeah. island and yeah, is there some sort of, are there elements to it that you know are kind of scripted? Um, like, I, I love Gary Drayton, but oh, yeah. you see him walk out into a field where he's got a thousand freaking flags that have been metal detected. And they dig up one or two and they show you just the one or two that they dig that on camera. Right. You know he's digging constantly. I want to see all the crap they're pulling up. I don't want to just see, you know, ooh, here's this one, you know, look at yeah. this. Here's another ox shoe, you know. It, <laughs> and I know it's that it's because it's a, it, it's a show, and they're trying to build drama and things like that. But, you know, I, I don't care. It, okay, so he gets this good hit, and they dig, and it's an old, like, 7-Up bottle from 1975. I don't care. <laughs> at, least, at least you're being honest. Yeah. Right. For yeah, sure. I, I totally agree. Um, it, at Oak Island, you know, there, I think there's some, there's some paranormal ties there, too. Um, with you know when they discovered the uh, the ninety foot stone and the, the money pit was first discovered, they saw the lights from the mainland over top of uh, some yeah. kind of orb lights in the woods. Oh yeah, so some, carrying lanterns. Some spooky twist to that, and then, and then you got the, <laughs> the curse and all that shit. But the show itself is so predictable. Uh, you know, everybody gets introduced to the crowd, the audience, probably nine hundred times by that um, the, the narrator. Uh, you know, the narr- like, the, yeah, the narrator's kind of annoying on that show. Yeah. Charles Barkhouse, Gary Drayton, and the rest of the Oak Island team are in the command center. It's like you just introduced us to them like 10 seconds ago. Right. Like, I know who these people are. Well, I mean, it's, thir- it's 13 seasons in or something, and primarily all these people have been on for at least the last five seasons. We know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Vanessa, you should watch the show if you've never seen one. I um, haven't, and I should because they're trying to scary. dig up. They're trying to dig up uh, something underneath uh, the the soil on Oak Island in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um. Uh, just watch the show. Not to go off on a big tangent about that, but it just goes to show you that you know production has a lot to do with, uh, you know actual things going on like i believe that there's something going on at skinwalker ranch but it's tainted by the likes of travis taylor and this dragon guy and you know some of the other guys are okay but i don't know i think television and it's not i'm not it's not these guys' fault they're just doing it to be on the show and have a presence i get it but um for serious topics there needs to be another source for people to to research, you know, and enjoy that phenomenon wherever it is, Oak Island or, you know, Skinwalker Ranch. It's a private, it's a private piece of land out there in Utah and it's, you know, they're going to do what they want with it. But 
people take this stuff seriously and I think the owner does handle criticism fairly well because he goes at it on Twitter with people that, you know, call him out for quackery and ratings. And um, I don't think it's quackery, really. I don't think they're setting up evidence. I just think that they're using a PhD to explain things that's just not factual. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just crazy. But so, Kurt, going back real quick. So the Skinwalker. um the Skinwalker label did that come from like the the Indians that were that were yeah. native out there? Yeah, the, the the Navajo and the Ute tribes out out in that yeah. area. Right. So, I mean, I I don't know. I know they brought in like neighbors and people that worked for Bob Bigelow back then to talk about some of the phenomenon that happened while they were there, or visitors. They'll have visitors come. Um, on the show regularly and talk about, you know, when they stepped foot on the ranch, they had this happen or they seen this. But um, I don't know anything about like the history of the, the Native Americans that were there. Did they experience the same type of stuff like the UFO end of it? Well, when you, when you watch the show, they've, they've had a couple of people from, I believe the Navajo tribe in that area um, talk about, you know, old legends of, of lights in the sky and things like that. But like I said before, it's lights in the sky is, is something different than skinwalkers. It, yeah. That's, you know, that's my thing. Like the way these, yeah. some of these shows talk about it, it's like, it's either the same thing. Like they coincided with each other or they're two different things. I don't know. Right. You know, I mean, the Native Americans have all kinds of, you know, phenomenon they talk about in the sky, thunderbirds and things like that. Right. And, you know, so it, it's it's like they're they're mixing all of these things together, which just leads to confusion, which doesn't help, especially in the paranormal community. Uh, you know, there's already a level of uh, skepticism around the paranormal community in general. And then when you are presenting a television show and all you do is add to the confusion, that doesn't help anything. Right. And that, that's even more to your, your, you know, beef with Travis, you know, is that not only are they confusing the issue, but I think to some level they're using him and his degrees to equate to this is proof. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you've, that's my you've, problem with it all. You've got an astrophysicist that is saying, "Hey, this is real, so it must be real." Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I can't talk about his his direct peers that he's acquainted with, but his peers in 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 the astrophysicist world, you know, people people that have his position, um, it, they probably think he's just nuts or just like fake you know what i mean i mean you don't you don't see a lot of uh other astrophysicists coming on and talking about entities and ufos and i mean they'll touch on the extraterrestrial topic because it's important like seth showstack of seti he'll come out and make you keep an open mind but he yeah exactly um showstack of seti he'll come out and talk about the fact that 
aliens exist, but he's very adamant that it's not probable that they visited Earth just due to the vast distances. And we've talked about space travel before and all that, but that's that's Travis Taylor's peers. You know, these higher level people that have degrees that touch on space and you know stuff like that. And this guy's talking about cobwebs being entities. I mean, it's just it's mind boggling. It's bothersome. Now, let me ask you both this. Do you think, and a lot of people feel this way, they believe that, and Vanessa, you probably need a few more episodes to kind of get to get um, a good feel for all the phenomenon, but they believe truly that Skinwalker Ranch is the Disneyland for paranormal happenings on planet Earth, that if we're to discover proof of aliens and ghosts and other phenomenon, that it will happen on that ranch. What do you guys think? Is it that big of a deal there? I've heard that, but... Kurt's like, no. (laughs) I can't imagine why it would be. I mean, I've heard that, but I don't... I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. No, I don't... I... I, Why there? Yeah. You know, the, the Air Force or military in general, I don't know which which group it was just allegedly shot down a UAP over Lake Huron. Right. Okay. That's Lake Huron. That's nowhere near Skinwalker ranch. Yeah. Right. Now my question is why isn't the U S Navy out there or the U S coast guard out there in Lake Huron trying to find whatever it was they shot down. It blipped off the map. I mean, not, not the UAP, the topic. Oh yeah. So Once they scooped up the China balloon from the coast of Myrtle beach, you never heard anything about else about the Huron UAP or the one up in the um, the Yukon, you know, right. up in northern Alaska uh, or or uh, Canada. Well, up um, in northern Alaska, you're never going to find it. Yeah. Oh, it's done. It's <laughs> four thousand people disappear in Alaska every year, never to be seen or heard from again. Right. So. Which would be a, that would be a great topic, by the way, is missing people in, in some of these national parks. I mean, it's a huge thing. I never thing. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, all the all the uh, disappearances along uh, what is it I eighty or I seventy across the country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, to to say that Skinwalker Ranch is the Disney World of paranormal, it's kind of a stretch for me. But I'd say there's stuff going on. And there's a there's a ranch also, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's nearby. It's in the same county. Uinta County or whatever the county's name is. I'm sure I'm butchering that name, but they also had a television show where they <laughs> they were poking in the ground and it was I've made it one episode. It is far worse than Skinwalker Ranch as far as like acting. Um, they they drilled into the side of this like cliff and pulled out a pristine mint condition Aztec coin that looked like it was from it just got minted, and they, they tried to say it had alien markings on it. And I just went, boop, I turned it on the uh, C-SPAN or something. I would want to ratch, want, rather watch politicians go at it about the uh, the spending budget than, and, than watch shit like that. I mean, it's just, <sighs> it's, so, it's so crazy. But television is just, I mean, this is, this is what we got to deal with. I mean, what it used to we, you be. know, that, that's actually a good segue into talking about what's happening with all these paranormal shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So paranormal shows, uh, <laughs> I, th I think they've hit their peak. I mean, first of all, every channel, starting with travel and then moving to discovery and a little bit of history, uh, they're inundated with paranormal shows. It's, it's almost as bad as YouTube. I mean, you cannot turn on the saturation. Yeah, it's full. 99.9% .9 of everything on Travel Channel, even at 3 a.m., is Zach Bagans or I don't want to I don't want to go into the people specifically, but it's just it's all paranormal. I think they're at peak saturation levels and it's going to stop. I think that the viewership's going to go down um and people thirst for something different because it, let's face it it's the same old stuff on these paranormal shows where they're going in and talking to beeping and blinking boxes and it's just not going to cut it forever all good things must come to an end i've enjoyed these shows to an extent um i've been close to one of these shows before um but all good things come to an end and, and people on twitter and social media are going apeshit because their favorite shows are getting ready to end and um, they don't realize that nothing's forever. You know, the world is... They're all too young to, to remember when MASH ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the breakaway shot of the cop, the, the chopper flying up in the air, and they got the 4077. Um, yeah, I mean, people can't let some things go, and they're going crazy because they're fangirling and fanboying over these, these paracelebs, and it's just... It's just crazy. I don't know what's worth worse to be honest is these network shows or the the YouTube YouTuber paranormal people that show these ridiculously set up pieces of evidence just for views. Well, it, well, it's it, all those network shows is why there's so many YouTubers doing it or TikTokers doing it, and that's because you know they present that these are just your every average, you know, everyday sorts of people, and in their spare time they go ghost hunting. And never mind that, you know, they quit being plumbers or electricians or whatever uh, a season in and are now, you know, 14 seasons into a show that scripts networks are paying them, you know, millions of dollars to, you know, be on. Right. <laughs> millions of dollars is right, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're the biggest. It uh, could have been us. It could have been <laughs> us. I actually. <laughs> This is funny, but I actually uh, applied for the uh, the role of um, that Josh Gates has on Destination Truth, uh, or what is it called? His show, Josh Gates. Help me out here, Vanessa. I just listened to a podcast. I feel like it is Destination Truth. I don't know, or Destination Unknown, or whatever the hell it is on. Um, yeah, Destination Unknown. I think. That yeah, Josh Gates. Yeah. Really funny. He's a great person for that role. Like, but I. I applied for it back when it was being casted and that's back when I was with taps and everything. But um, I'm glad he got the role. I could never like dive into a cave or under the ocean and go through the Amazon looking for Shaka Zulu or, <laughs> you know, I, it's amazing what that guy does on that show. That's a fun show. And he's not like trying to pass off everything as, is, um, you know, paranormal or hokey pokey. So he finds what he finds, and he has fun with it. So it's a good show to watch. But I actually tried out for that show. I'm glad I didn't get it. <laughs> That's the only other show I've ever had an interest in in, in doing. But um, yeah, but but these other shows, man, they're just uh, 
they're a dying breed. They're they're the they're the dinosaurs. So what do you guys think will replace paranormal television? Like how are you gonna fill twenty-three point five hours of space on Travel Channel once they start shit canning some of these shows? Actual travel. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I mean to see a real travel show, you you have to watch PBS. You know, you know, you got a whole network that's supposed to be travel. Well, here's yeah. travel, you know, it, I don't know, well, you know, mega yachts and, and, you know, there's all kinds of things that they, that they could do on travel channel that yeah. they don't, you know, yeah. actually, actually take somebody to a city and, you know, show them the sites and the history behind the site and, you know, the world is an interesting place. We don't have to make shit up. That's to be very able to, true. You know, to be able to make something interesting or entertaining. I mean, that's a great history point, yeah. is freaking weird. Some of the crazy ass shit that people have done, you know, this, you know, every once in a while you catch a show called like weird history or something like that. Yeah. And, and they're awesome. That's yeah. what they should be showing on like History Channel or Travel Channel, you know, not not the paranormal caught on film. <laughs> Our yeah. top 100 films for the next six hours. Yeah. And, and you know what's uh, what's what's really hurting these shows is the locations they film at. They've been it's kind of like the. Uh, when you go fishing, people fish too close to the dam. That's because where all the fish congregate and people, people overfish it. And then yeah. you get no fish there. This is what's going on with these locations that the networks and YouTubers are filming at. Um, it's, it's, it's wore out. How many times can you go investigate if the you're, if house. you're, yeah, the conjuring house or Mansfield reformatory in Ohio, how many times can you go there as a network with, with each, with each show? I mean, it's it's just tiresome, you know. But you never travel to any other places. You don't. You're not seeing these people go overseas too much, or or incorporate actual travel into the shows, which would be a nice breath of fresh air to see, like the journey. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but it's always thinking. it's always the basement of the Conjuring House or the Winchester Mystery House, which I don't think it's haunted a bit. But I don't um, either. Been there. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Vanessa's freaking out. Like it's it's haunted. It's haunted. It's no, haunted. The, that house is just constructed in such a way that it disorients you. It's like the the mystery spot and things like that. Yeah, where it throws off your your perception. The equilibrium by, and yeah, right. Because you know it's giving you all these optical illusions at one time that your brain can't process. So it throws right. you off. Right. I can't say that doesn't make sense. You know. And, like all the stairways in the in the mystery house are like the steps are only like two inches high and yeah. well why was that done well because sarah winchester had really bad arthritis and she couldn't lift her fucking legs yeah <laughs> i actually didn't it know wasn't that, done so for some spooky paranormal reason no. she couldn't walk up steps so they oh, had to make kurt, special steps kurt you're you're killing the ratings for these shows you can't, you <laughs> well, can't do that there was some like thing where I don't know a lot of the a lot of people say that she structured the house for spiritual purposes. 
which I don't know how much truth there is to that, but some yeah, she of had it some. was so she could get around, but like I think some of it she structured for spiritual reasonings. I don't know. Yeah, she had some whacked out uh, uh, spiritualist uh, medium telling her you needed to do this, you needed to do that, and a woman was scared. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> there's there's different rhymes and reasons for the Mi Winchester Mystery House construction, but it, it all started out because she was trying to uh, confuse the ghost and, um, you know, she had to keep building as part of the curse or she would be the ghost of like, everybody who died by the hands of a Winchester firearm would come and get her, whatever kind of shit. It you, was know, you, you had a woman who lost her husband and her child within a month or two of each other. She was completely devastated. And moved from Connecticut yeah. to California. Yeah. Look, let me say one thing real quick. Now that we're like 40 minutes in and we've been pretty skeptical sounding. I do want to say this, that I think that all three of us, just for the people joining us or, you know, uh, don't know who we are. I think we all three believe that there are other things out there that we can't see or feel, but we do experience. AKA ghosts. I don't know how I land on... Bigfoot and the Chupacabra and all that stuff. But I, I believe in ghosts. I'm a highly skeptic, um, skeptical um, person when it comes to the, to the evidence part of it. I've experienced strange things, but you know, it doesn't mean everything's a ghost in my book, but I just wanted to, to stop for a second and catch up with the viewership and say that we're not just a bunch of skeptics here, you know, shit slamming everything. Um, we've had our own experiences. Kurt and I were on a, a, a ghost uh, a paranormal research team for years, and we've been to a lot of places and we've experienced some things, but everything's not a ghost, and we just want to be up front. This is what kind of the shadow things is about. We can come in here and share our beliefs or our disbeliefs, uh, disprove things or prove things, or we can have spirited debate. So it's not a skeptical show, but I want you to just kind of be aware of our different you know, beliefs and the reason why we're kind of skeptical, but you know, Vanessa has done a little less talking about the skeptical side because she's, she's young and she, she needs, uh, she needs to believe, right. Vanessa, like, I, guess. I mean, and like I just said though, I mean, I think ghosts are real. I think there are a lot of haunted places and we've all been to haunted places but, um, you know, everything's not a ghost. And I just want to call out some of the things that I feel personally, I feel that are not haunted. But speaking of things that are haunted, not haunted, like the Winchester Mystery House, you guys think it's possible that the story is kind of misleading and it's not originally haunted, but you get these Sam and Colby's and, you know, the overnight team and other people that come in there. And, and they bring shit from the Conjuring House or the, the Warrens Museum and they do these rituals or seances. Can they bring a ghost in there and then the ghost stay? You know, can it be can it be artificially haunted by visitations? I I have an issue with like just locations being haunted. I feel like if those things really exist, they exist everywhere. Like, not just in a building or a crazy-ass house that's in California. Or I think that 
if ghosts exist, they're out in the driveway. They're, I feel like they're everywhere. Think about the earth as a whole and everybody and everything that's lived for the past billion years or however the hell, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like if they exist, they're everywhere. And I believe in the science. I don't really get a whole lot into the spiritual mumbo jumbo. Like I try to, because I feel like there's something to it maybe, but I feel like if they exist, it's not just in, Oh, that's a good like, point. Like you say, Oh, well this house is haunted. This house isn't haunted, but I feel like everything's haunted, haunted. I could be potentially haunted. Yeah. But I guess my, my question or point of my question was, is that if you have a location, let's just say it's a, it's a, a four walled room that's never been haunted or no reason to be haunted, but you get all these people coming there and doing all this shit to conjure up things. Can it be haunted afterwards? Not really is, are these things more haunted than other people or other places? I feel like but. Things could be brought into a space like artificially or whatever word you want to use for it. Yeah. I feel like things or intentionally. could be brought into a space. Go ahead. Kirk. Intent. Yeah. That's a good word. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there is the potential, I mean, for someone to intentionally bring something with them into an area. Like you mentioned, like the the Warren's Museum. Right. If you take an object out of that museum to somewhere else, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. First of all, that place is not even... From you. That, that place is not even on any bucket list for me to go and see any of that stuff bury it all make some big giant concrete vault in the ground put it all in there and seal it shut <laughs> this is big time shit right now this is going to be a good uh, <laughs> thumbnail that that, that uh, annabelle doll you know of course you know the what is it the conjuring movies they they change the doll for those movies into some creepy porcelain doll from the 1800s rather than the raggedy Ann doll that it was yeah. but the, the stories around it are just creepy enough that i i don't even want to go and see it i don't even want to look at pictures of it hmm. well but but it's just a doll kurt <laughs> it's like so <laughs> it was the like fucking a creepy doll it is <laughs> Oh, uh, that, that doll that's down in Key West, that uh, the little sailor boy freaking thing. I don't we want nothing to Robert do with that, too. Yeah, we, we've met Robert before, unfortunately. Did you take your picture with him? I took a picture of him. Did you ask his permission first? In my head, I did. But, see, clearly he doesn't play that shit because my camera was never usable again after i took that picture well you, you ready for, you ready for this well, you guys know this but not everybody else but i'm one of two people alive that's ever had robert the haunted doll removed from key west and taken to a different place and uh my life went down the shitter right after that happened so is that part of the curse i don't know i i didn't really i think i treated robert pretty good when he came down but um or went up um I never really cared to take pictures or say, oh, do I have your permission to take your picture? 
I just made sure that he had a good home while he was on display at this particular event. And uh, I'm one of two people that ever had him removed from the East Fort Martello Museum in Key West. The other person is Zach Bagans at the Haunted Museum out in Vegas. But um, I didn't have a good experience after that. Can I blame it on Robert? No, just uh, I can blame a lot on a shitty ass hotel um, and a whole situation, but which you can catch details of that in episode one of the shadow things podcast. If you go back and listen to uh, past archives, but um, yeah, can things be haunted? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've talked to, to John's office before about some of the haunted things that he has had in his um, possession and still does. And I haven't talked to John in a long time, but I did, I did just listen to the old recordings from taps on radio had John on and we were shooting the shit about different things. But I think, um, I think things can have an attachment and can, you can bring them into different um, locations that are either haunted or not haunted. And it becomes part of the part of the vibe of that place, you know, especially if you leave it there. Like I have over here, I have the, uh, the mud house mansion mirror, the part of the bloody Mary history uh, hanging right next to me in the studio here. And um, I've yet to have anything haunted happen because of it, but who knows? I mean, if if weird shit started happening in this house, uh, that that mirror would be out of here. I'd, I'd donate it to the infirmary or some, or put it on marketplace. I don't know. It wouldn't be in here. I'm not having haunted shit going on. But. You might make a good good deal of money if you put it on marketplace. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's a that's a good question as to whether or not things can be haunted that weren't previously haunted. Now. The Conjuring House, Vanessa brought that up. I mean, I mean, you have, first of all, you have the Warrens who, I mean, they, they went in and checked out the Conjuring House for the Perrin family um, some years ago, decades ago, because of their, their experience before they moved out. And uh, I think they lived there, what, a year? It, It wasn't very long. Not very long at all. But the whole, the whole thing is born off of what happened during a seance, you know, during the Warren's investigation. Um, the, the mother was thrown across the room in a chair and all this stuff. And, you know, the, the father thought basically Ed Warren had killed her <laughs> because of this whole seance that they were doing. And, and then you have the, the whole franchise that's born the conjuring movies because of what happened during that, that one seance. But here's the thing that, that property is so old I mean, I mean, it's so old. It's in a rural part of Rhode Island, um, and there was a lot of battles and Indian type history and stuff. That th- there's just a lot of things going on with the land. I can't remember how old the the actual house is, but I think that that place probably had some things going on before the Warrens got there. But it all changed into demons <laughs> when when the Warrens got done with it. I'm not blaming yeah, it on the you got demonologists. But... Yeah. You know, that, that's their job was demonologists. So, of course, it's demons. It's not something else. Right. It, and it's it's sad, too, because people would take it to the extreme, and then they just run with it for years, decades now, that there's a demon in the conjuring house. I'm not so – I don't know what's there. Now, I will tell you that I would be uncomfortable staying in the conjuring house for a night. Like we were looking at booking it uh, a week or two ago, 
and uh, it's booked so far out. Like it's, it's booked up until next fall, maybe 2024. Um, you can't, you can't really get in there. You can do day tours and stuff, which we were going to do a day tour and go to the, the Warren's conference out in Connecticut um, and actually see the Annabelle doll and stuff like that. But how uh, about it? We were going <laughs> all their artifacts were going to be at the convention. Um, Kurt's like, good luck with that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like most of the, the heavy hitter um, displays and exhibits. Concrete vault, 40, 50 feet in the ground. Put it all there. Seal it shut. That's probably what's at Oak Island, by the way. A crate full of fucking bad juju. <laughs> that would be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? That'd be ironic. Yeah. They're looking for the big payday, and they unearth, um, shit, unearth the Ark of the Covenant, which, which comes out with beaming lights and melts people's face off like Indiana Jones. You <laughs> 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 leave shit buried for sure. I, I don't know how much stock I put into haunted things. I mean, I think that some things have an attachment, but I think we can make things haunted like the Conjuring House, and you got everything going on in the Conjuring House. People people actually still conjuring things up inside of that, that little house. And you never know what's actually in there. Well, and here you know, we go again. Look at the Amityville house. The only documented paranormal stuff that happened in that house is when the Lutzes live there. Period. Yeah. It, it's been owned five or six times since then. And no one yeah. has said, hey, this place is haunted. It, they're right. Yeah, they, I, don't, I thought that there was shit going on with the DeFeos. That was before well, that's the murder. Yeah, that's, that's the murder. That's the murder. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I thought he was, like, claiming that. I don't well, know he the did. devil made it, him do it or something. He, he did it first. Yeah, it was, it was his defense team that, that tried to get him an insanity plea. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. But And then it turned into a story for the Lutz family who had to move out in like five minutes. They're like, oh, this place is haunted. I'm leaving. Because they overextended themselves and couldn't pay the mortgage payment. Yeah. And they got the house for a song and the dance, too. I believe. Yeah, something but, like um, 80000 But, you know, that was also 1970, whatever. And 80000 was a lot for a house. Yeah. Could the Amityville house be haunted? Yeah, Amityville house could be haunted, but I don't think flies are gathering on the windows upstairs and, you know, ooze coming no. out of the wall. It's, you got Hollywood, you know. Well to hell to, in the basement. <laughs> yeah, the well to hell in a basement. I, would I like to go in the Amityville house? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If I was a millionaire and it came up for sale, would I open it up? Or would I buy it and open it? Yep, I would open the doors wide open for all these paranormal people to come in. Set up shop. 50 bucks ahead. Shit. 300 <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah. That's the going rate. 300 Damn. ahead. Take all the video you want. Stay the night. Fucking do whatever you want. But um, I would damn sure open it up and let let nature take its course. You know what I mean? And see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think uh, – some of these places are haunted because of the things that people are doing inside of them, AKA the whispers estate, which we I was just talked about, about in you. depth. Yeah. That's just a, that's just a little house in the middle of a nice neighborhood. Regular ass house. 
it probably started off very mundane haunted um you know just the old granny ghost or the well in this case the dr john gibbons ghost uh, but, john and the girl yeah it, but it turns into and uh, i'll say it one more time probably the most haunted place i've ever been in a little old unsuspecting house that just started off as a house i mean I think a lot of a lot of what is haunted is is humanity's fault. It's people that go in and do stuff that they have no business doing. And well, they uh, have a, a room there that's supposed to be for that, right? Yeah, the Oculus room. Technically, up in the attic. I don't. I don't know. I I love that place. You know me. It yeah, always hold a spot in my heart, given. Yeah. You know, I talked to the owner, talked to the owner, Rich, again in January, and we were going to set something for this month, but we've kind of kind of lost base. He invited us to go back out and we're going to do a podcast from there and stuff. Uh, He has a podcast that he does, but we're going to do that. And I was going to interview him for a couple of videos, actually for the shadow things, but kind of lost lost touch a little bit there. And um, we'll try to set something up later on this year, maybe to go back out to whispers, they cool to do a live, uh, like a live investigation, just have some audio running and see if our audience can hear anything or it's probably my stomach from eating Taco Bell, but, um, <laughs> that the place started off as a, just a Victorian little home in Mitchell, Indiana, but it's haunted as shit. I mean, I, that's one place I don't have any real skepticism about, um, it's just my opinion, but I don't know. You don't you don't need a demon in every house though. Like and there's not a demon in every house. Just just the way it is. But I don't even know if there's one in that one, even though it's the whole recipe for disaster inside of there, but I don't know if there's yeah. a demon in there. I don't yeah. know. There's something wicked in there for sure. And it's off the mainstream radar too. Like none of the networks have been there. Not one network. Which um, is kind of odd. It's kind of yeah. odd, yeah. The and it's had a fairly mainstream YouTuber uh, channel, um, Paranormal Encounters. Uh, Connor Biddle mm-hmm. and India Hopewood love their editing and love their their style of their channel because they don't fake anything. I mean, you can see ten minutes of footage of nothing happening on their channel. I love it because that's real shit right there. That's how it's it not, is. Yeah, and I've seen India. On her Facebook page the other day, she was talking about, like, she said something to the effect that, you know, not everything's a demon, not everything's, not everything's scratching you, quit it, you know, just stop. I was like, yeah. You go, so that's, girl. That's the type of channel they have, and I enjoyed it. So, But they got a lot of followers, and, and they're kind of the probably the biggest people that's been into um, Whispers Estate. Um, but, but if you get on YouTube, there's like, hundreds of videos of these smaller teams going in there and having these mind-boggling experiences and rich shared a couple of stories with me um, about stuff that's happened in the building or in the, in the home that you know since we visited and uh it's pretty incredible like it's just any it's repeat a, it's a, episodes of our no, experience not 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 uh relating to what happened when we were there but just some things that sent people home and packing like you don't hear that too often most paranormal teams will just they're in it for the night i mean they've they've gathered their gear they've made they've scheduled this time with their families to stay 
they've traveled far and they're in it for the long haul. But like us, we packed up within hours and, and got the hell out of there. And that has happened since at Whispers Estate with other teams. It's had some incredible things go on. And, uh, and there was one such episode that happened again that happened to us, you know, um, with the Austin thing. Yeah. That um, sent another team packing in another emergency medical situation. And it's just, that place is crazy. It really is. And, and it's just off the radar. So, but we'll get back there one day. We'll check it oh, out. For sure. Yeah. So, what are where are we planning going with uh, with Ghost Trip next? Is that so? My eyes are on and not leaving Twin City Opera House. Like I'm fully McConnell invested in trying to get in there as soon as we can. Yeah. So, um, cool. I will yeah. know for sure within the coming week or so how that's going to yeah. go and when, but that's the plan. Twin city opera house. One of our, one of our key agendas for that is trying to drag Kurt with us. Absolutely. At least to something here soon. Yeah. doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be, it's gotta be Ohio based though. It's gotta be haunted too. Can't waste his time. You know what I mean? Right. And Travis Taylor can't be there as well. <laughs> as long as he brings the moonshine. I don't know if I've asked this, Dad. Have you been to Twin City? No? I've never been in it. I know where it is. I've been by it a hundred times. It's a very creepy looking place. I've never I've I've done some research because I was trying to set up a, an event there a long time ago. I have a lot I watch a lot of videos, but I've never been in it. I know where the hot spots are, aka the basement. I want to hang out there. I, I would love to go to that place. Yeah, it's it's my next stop for sure. I, I've heard that there's something really dirty in there. It's not your your average granny ghost or your 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 dead child hanging in a corner type of haunt. So I want to check that place out and try some new techniques and stuff in there. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. So so speaking of, we're talking about I mentioned ghost trips. So that's Vanessa's. Um, that's her her ghost team. So when we go out and do like little investigations and stuff and spook around in scary infirmaries or prisons or opera houses that's under the the ghost trip uh channel brand so she has her own facebook and instagram uh, facebook instagram and youtube and all that so all our videos will go up there i i edit her videos for her and we were talking off air before the start of the podcast about some evidence that we captured um in january at fairfield county infirmary in lancaster ohio which uh i caught I I found something in the middle of editing a piece of video. Actually, I was editing B-roll, which is uh, just you know extra filler video of scenery inside of the the infirmary. And I just so happened to catch something um, that stopped me in my tracks. And I spent hours looking at it in editing and try to. When I say edit, I don't mean manipulate it, but slow down and try to. Look at really it frame by it frame. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna introduce that piece of evidence on her ghost trip channel for the um, visit to Fairfield County Infirmary in January. This past January is colder than shit. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was like twenty nineteen degrees maybe or 
honestly though when it's 20 degrees outside it's like 10 inside the infirmary it was, it's it was a lot colder yeah for yeah sure. um so what 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 i think that was captured was a um probably a half body or partial body apparition standing in a doorway um it does not remind me of the hilliard apparition video kurt from the orion group video <laughs> that was that was impressive that 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 moved and it had kind of a, a form this this is a solid looking form with contrasting color black and white that looks like it's half hovering in the doorway as someone pans the camera um, from a hallway to a a double or triple room view, um, like a couple of door thresholds. And there's something standing in one of the, the restrooms of the bump out wing on the, I want to say it's the third floor of the infirmary. And I don't know what it is. I'm still looking at it, but it'll be part of the next video edit for Ghost Trip and some of the other things that we captured in the basement. Did capture a lot of things going on there, but um, some interesting sounds, and there is a visual piece of evidence coming uh, with that ghost trip video um, from Fairfield County Infirmary in January, where there's uh, just some some things on the video that should not have been there because of the location of where the camera was. There could be no chance of contamination whatsoever visually for this piece of evidence that we're going to put out and i welcome anybody to tell me what the hell it is and it, i'm not talking about the apparition one this could not be an apparition or maybe i don't know but this this thing that we captured in the basement on video mind you on an old school sony night shot camera with the old school infrared illuminators um i don't know what the hell this is and i can't wait to share it so i'm putting together that ghost trip video to sh kind of show what we uh what we experienced there but can't wait to see it i'll be coming out this week <laughs> i have i have a lot of I'm it scared. done i want kurt to pick it apart pick it apart like a crow on a, a dead deer in the road i mean you be that's nice, what it's there kurt. for <laughs> you be nice well you know the thing in the basement so we set i'll explain it i'll set the scene a little bit we set up a um the device that captured this, like I said, is an old, um, like a TRV model, um, a Sony night shot camera. I think it's like a 2000 and 2010 ish model, not a tape model. So it's when they first came out with the hard drive based, um, DVR type setup, <clears throat> but it's one of the old pioneering ones. And, uh, we set that up on this little, so if you go to the first floor of the infirmary, I call it the basement, but it's not really a basement. There's a little ledge there that separates the hallway in the middle, and it separates the morgue where they did like the autopsy stuff and clean up the bodies. And then it's and then on the other side of the hallway in a little room is the physician's office where there's still there's still like a um, an exam table in there and there's shelving with little faux bottles of heroin and you know the, like the little it's all decoration stuff right but it's got the feel of the old physician's office like it would be back in the you know the the mid 1800s when the infirmary was operating full throttle um and this place started in 1828 by the way so it's got 
almost 180 something years or whatever of history. But um, this, so the scene was the, the night shot pointing into the physician's office, which the view is quite, quite boring. I mean, you just see the doorway, you see a darkened room sort of illuminated by the IR light on the night shot camera. And then you see like a chair in there and then you could see the exam table, nothing else going on. Uh, during the course of the video is about, I think it was about 55 minutes in total duration that we left. We did an abandonment, you know, segment for the video where we just all leave and just, we have protocol where we try not to contaminate and go in the area and just kind of keep it down. We were up on the top level of the building. Yeah. So we, and I'll include it on the video too, but you'll hear us, um, our tour guide for the night patients. She, you can hear her counting down and the further we go, the less you can hear her voice. And then we totally disappear. You can't hear us anymore. We're up in the dungeon, which is oddly enough in the attic of this place. And, uh, the night shots down there rolling, capturing, these sounds, not anything crazy, like visually, but you just hear like, there's one point where you can hear a wooden chair and you can tell it's wood. You can tell a chair scooting across a piece of like uh, VCT flooring or, you know, kind of a vinyl base floor. You can hear a wooden chair just scoot. And it's, it's gotta be either in front of, beside of, or, you know, behind the camera. So you can hear that happen and you can plainly hear someone with a English accent talking. I don't know where that comes into place. Then you can hear some singing again in an an English type British accent singing. Nobody was singing. We were four, three floors up, Um, not singing, but it's on this. Yeah. It's on this night shot footage. Most of that time was spent when we were upstairs huddled around uh, like a spirit box or something. There was no singing. We were hardly talking to each other like vocally, like with it was mostly just like, yeah, we it was in the quiet. northern, the northern portion of the um, the attic opposite of the chicken coop. coop. Yeah. And that area where the transient people would come through and they would give them shelter for a week at the infirmary. Um, so we were up there, not anywhere near this physician's office, four floors below. And this thing's capturing this, just a plethora. I'm going to say there's about a dozen pieces that I'm going to include for audio. But the reason why I'm telling you about this is because of this visual piece of evidence that I caught. A, a, a couple of uh, couple of a couple of lights that shouldn't be there that appear suddenly on the door threshold and mind you there's absolutely not one piece of dust orbs flying around there's no orbs or any kind of floating artifacts in any of the scenery which is odd because it's dusty down there and you got the you know the old ir illumination from the night shot so you would suspect some orbs floating around right and there's nothing it's just a steady shot of this doorway and uh uh, probably, probably about thirty or thirty-five minutes into the video, there's a. Um, you can hear plainly uh, a couple of 
sharp static shocks. You know how like if you touch the wall, if you're kind of charged and it goes, you can hear a double. And just shortly before or after that, I got to go back and look, but shortly before or after that, on the door threshold, you plainly see two like snaps of light occur, not at the same time, but within the same second, like a half a second apart, maybe it goes or like that in the same linear motion on the door threshold. There's absolutely zero windows down there for any light contamination. There's no equipment down there that would give off any kind of contamination from like the, the LEDs blinking or anything like that. There is a REM pod that we positioned inside of the physician's office on the exam table. And it's off in the distance. And if it were to indicate or, or trigger, you would see the LED flash. It's not flashing. A REM pod makes all kinds of noise too. It never went off in the in the whole uh, duration of the video. But you do see this static shock type phenomenon, light phenomenon on the, on the door threshold inside of this physician's office. And that's at the Fairfield County Infirmary. Um, okay, I don't know what to make of it. Um, so there is, I, so some of the rooms have lead base paint, but they remediated the hallways to remove all the lead base paint. So hmm. I don't know if it's considered the is hallway. Is the still lead paint? That's, that's the question. I don't know. I'll find that out for sure. So what, what of it? Like if it's lead based, <clears throat> could that carry it a could have been static charge? electricity in the air? Yeah. What, what 35 minutes into the. Lead's a, lead's yeah. a conductor. <clears throat> it could yeah. just be static electricity in the air. I mean, static is fully in the air all the time. That's where lightning <clears throat> comes from. And so, you know, yeah. static is all around us all the time. Just because it didn't collect on you and you got a sh electric shock doesn't mean right. that there isn't static. <clears throat> what would cause it to discharge? I mean, on its own, I guess, I guess I'm interested in that. Like I, here's my thoughts. I don't, I think it is static. I just Something don't know. Ground it, uh, insect or who knows? Not in January. There, you won't find a bug one in that place. <laughs> I mean, it was cold. Nice cold. I mean, yeah, insects have to go somewhere. I mean, maybe they fly around, but we didn't see any, um, moisture. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It, it was unusual to see it. Oh, it's it definitely unusual. It didn't repeat. It didn't happen before or after on any of the video. Um, we also set up another SLS. Um, I think we lost Vanessa. <laughs> we yeah, that's, set up. You know, it, it, <clears throat> static after it discharges it's it's not like uh so let's say you've you've built up all the static on you you touch a doorknob and you get zapped you don't go to the next doorknob and get zapped immediately you got to right. build that charge back up right i i'm i'm not i'm not trying to you know completely debunk anything i'm just saying that this is a possibility if it's lead-based paint that you know, especially when you're telling me that there was a sound with it too, yeah, just like a discharge of a static, of static. That that would be my guess is it's a static discharge. Yeah, and a lot of people would say, well, you know, ghosts are a form of energy, and 
it passed through the door threshold and caused the static phenomenon or the static display. I I mean, I guess. I just find it funny that 35 minutes into it, something <clears throat> caused the discharge or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, it, it may not be static. I mean, it could have been. Now, the noise and the lights are are seconds apart, and the audio doesn't line up perfectly, but it's not to say that that didn't occur off camera as well. You know what I mean? I think this right. is trying to reconnect. There she is. She moved. All right. Yeah, we were just talking about the static thing, uh, <clears throat> probability or possibility for the infirmary downstairs. Can you hear us, Vanessa? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Hardly. Yeah, you're, you're a little, uh, little dim there, but we can hear you. So I don't, I don't know what it was, but <clears throat> we'll include it in the, uh, the ghost trip uh, video, and we'll put that all in the links uh, below if we – we can put them below. Um, this, by the way, did not go live. So I just, I'm looking at my settings here and it's record only mode. So I'll push it out live. Here's the beauty. You guys, viewers included. So all you viewers are lovely shadow things, podcast viewership and Vanessa and Kurt, nobody and myself, we don't have to wait for this to go on, get published. It's just as soon as we're done, I just push it. And it's done. I don't have to piece anything together. Um, it's just pretty automatic, so I love this uh, this StreamYard software for for things moving forward. I mean, it just seems <clears throat> seems a lot better. It seems a little easier, and so we'll go for it. But yeah, we talked about Fairfield County Infirmary. Um, just a side note that I am volunteering there to do uh, some of the the tours and the ghost hunting and you know stuff like that for some of the groups and events that come through. So. And you're willing to sign autographs. <laughs> nobody wants my <laughs> nobody wants my autograph, but yeah, it's gonna be gonna be experience to get a little bit more exposure in there to poke around and whatnot, but it's a cool place. Hey, by the way, when I take a huge drink like that, you guys feel free to take over the take the show over. Vanessa, where'd you go? Are you in a different room? My phone said nope. And it just shut off. So we weren't even talking about UFOs. I know. Oh, speaking of, we didn't really talk about UFOs yet, and that's part of the part of the show title. So UFOs. So so Twitter is in a complete. Uh, it's never been so divided between people that believe and disbelieve, which which has always been the case, but it is so hardcore right now on social media, <clears throat> especially Twitter with these um, you know people that are in the know and people that are part of this uh, this new UAP push, like the Jeremy Jeremy Corbell and the George Knapps and the you know the Stephen Greenstreets or the Mick Wests of the world. Or either for or against the phenomenon, either way. Um, Can I just not start being forced to call them UAPs? I'm 50 years old, and I've been calling them UFOs my whole UFOs. freaking life. Yeah, I I still refer to them as UFOs when I when I'm on social media. <clears throat> I mean, they're UFOs, but is, is Mufon going to change their name <laughs> it, to Upon? 
Upton? <laughs> I don't even know what it would be. But um, it's just it's it's kind of like the ghost community. Everybody goes at it and just it's everybody takes e- everybody things takes, so personally. Yeah, that's exactly it. People take their opinion and somebody's questioning of their opinion so personally. It, it, it it's like Vanessa tells me not to be mean <laughs> when I when I look at the ghost trip stuff. I don't play it on being mean. Just gotta <laughs> not take it personally. Yeah, that's true. Like Kurt may be able to explain some of the stuff that we put out, um, and we can we can we can accept it or just it's move not on. It's my personal but... attack, Vanessa. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, especially to me when I spend like five days trying to put the video together and it turns out to be static, like Kurt's suggesting. And I'm even suggesting that that's the thing, though. People in the UFO community, UFO community, um, they take it so personally. Like, like there's this guy, Mick West. Uh, He's pretty diehard, known skeptic of the UAP UFO topic. He's very good at what he does, and he makes a lot of great points. But the UFO believers loathe him they hate him they think he's the biggest troll on social media and i i i can appreciate somebody like mick west because he makes a lot of sense like he's very anti u.s navy gimbal video and tic tac video he just he did a great job of putting together some 3d models and some you know some some computer models showing that that's in his opinion probably not you know an et craft from somewhere else and that, it, that it's probably the, the jet um, or the, the thrust fuse or the, the thrust uh, signature from a jet given the, given the angle of the cameras and he goes into the model of the FLIR on the, on the, and the aircraft and all that. But um, you know, I appreciate skeptical viewpoints as well as the believer viewpoints because I've had my own experiences with ghosts and the UFO thing, I've had my own UFO sightings. So I can't say that everything is explainable. I just can't because what I've seen is not explainable. There's not a hundred Mick West or even a Kurt that could tell me that what I've seen was not supposed to be there. It's just, I mean, I've, I've went back and forth in my mind asking myself, was I hallucinating? You know, did I take... I eat some mushrooms on the way to work that day that I shouldn't have. Or, I mean, I saw something. It, but it wasn't, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it wasn't um, too much Taco Bell. That's that's probable. They had the volcano <laughs> menu back then, so yeah. Um, I, I mean, I seen something, but you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know that touch on the UAP UFO topic on social media, they're so passionate because they too have had these experiences. And when you get people like Stephen Greenstreet or Mick West that come on and just try to obliterate these Navy videos and some of the testimony by these pilots, it's real disheartening. Well, I, 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 I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, 50 years of the government telling everybody they were crazy. Yeah. I mean that doesn't that doesn't help people's situation. Of course people are gonna, you know, be, oh, you know, you think I'm crazy because I said I saw this or or whatever. Right. 
you know, I, I just, for me, especially with the saturation of the paranormal community in general, it, it's so hard to weed through all the charlatans and fakes and the, the fake videos and, you know, the, the people who are just like, you know, like back in the day, you know, you had these people that would talk about, well, if an orb is red, that's what this means. If an orb is blue, that's what this means. And it's like, prove yeah. it. <laughs> people still like that, too. Oh, I know. And I would be the Mick West of that other end and say, hey, where's your proof? Right. You know what I mean? All right, so I, I get both sides. I just, I wish people would chill out. You know what I mean? I don't care if you shit all over my paranormal video. You know what I mean? It's part of life. If, if you present an extraordinary claim, you better have some extraordinary evidence, right? Right. Back it but, up. But it, but if you present it, you should be open to the fact that people are going to critique your work or your findings. And that is that. If, you, if you're not open to opinion, don't present it publicly. Keep it in your little folder in your house and share it with your family or whatever. But Well, you know, this, the same thing, you know, like you're talking, it, it happens. You write a dissertation for college and it's open to criticism. Right. You know, I mean, that's just life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's life. But people people just take it to an extreme nowadays on on some of these <clears throat> social media channels and even these shows kind of going back to the paranormal. Like, I've noticed some of these paracelebs on some of these TV shows. And if somebody calls them out on, let's, let's just say Twitter, man, they go right back at it. Like, like how dare you? It's like, I mean, you're a public figure. Well, you should be open to the scrutiny of somebody not enjoying your your show. And try dealing with a thesis defense in college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look what you pour into those. You know what I mean? Yeah. People <clears throat> spend years in college and then they write a thesis and in, in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, three professors rip it to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. Just think of the the gut punch, you know what I mean? But you're, we're talking about people that are presenting UFO evidence and trying to back up their, their personal experiences with photos. Like I got this guy on Twitter. He's probably going to watch this, but um, and no offense to you if you're watching it, but he keeps DMing me these photographs of um, they're blurry. The lights are real dim and you could tell his camera's shaking a little bit. Um, I've, you know, he's it's uh, the whole pareidolia thing where he's picking things out that are really not there. Um, it's just total matrixing. You know, he, he's got pets, but he claims that the ghost picture of the ghost cat in his photographs that he's sending me through private messages is is a, is a demon cat or whatever. And it, I just rather than lose my cool, I just tell the guy like, oh, it's yeah, interesting. You know, that's all you got to say is just kind of don't take offense to everything. I mean, that guy is passionate about what he's shown me. And, you know, who, who am I to shit on his cat cat photograph? You know what I mean? I mean, I saw I saw UFO. I've seen a ghost before. You can shit on it if you want, but I'll still believe in it. I'm not going to change that guy's uh, tune. You know what I mean? My light's not going to grow brighter by making him 
his dimmer. I mean, that's just not right. how the world should work. So, Vanessa, what are you doing? Chilling. Oh, it looks like you're on uh, playing Minecraft or something. No. So you playing Call of Duty? I'm looking at you guys on a monitor up here. Oh. And the camera's down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got a better setup than me. Yeah. Yeah. I so. had to switch places because my phone needs charged. Uh yeah, I I guess uh, that'd be the way to go. Is we could we could stream off of our phones like when we're in the field or something. You know what I mean? Like go to a haunted place. I'm not toting my laptop around everywhere. Um, but yeah. So what's next? What do you guys want to talk about? Well, we never really finished talking about the UFO thing, did we? It's it's crazy. Let's let's just let's just get to the point. It's craziness. I mean, the whole thing now, of course, is the China balloon. And, you know, you got the other two things that we touched on earlier, <clears throat> which, in my opinion, neither one, neither three or four of those things were <laughs> space aliens. I mean, I don't know. Oh, OK, so what did they shoot down over Lake Huron? I think it was probably... I don't know. Another Chinese you, balloon they didn't want us to know about. Have you heard the cockpit audio from that Huron shoot down? No. So the guy, the guy is, um, man, I wish I had it queued up cause I could share it with the viewers, but the pilot, it's a male pilot and he, you could hear him describe it. And he says that <clears throat> he literally says it looks like a balloon, uh, but it's real small. And he said, there's something tethered to it on the hanging on the bottom. So I'm, I'm sure that, People from planet Pluto is not coming here with a balloon. Uh, that's what the pilot claims he saw on the cockpit audio that we know of. I mean, that could be some fabricated audio, but that's what the Pentagon released. So I think that was a balloon. We know the one, the China one, over, over, um, you know, that floated all over, all over our nuclear bases and sensitive spots in the United States, and they shot down over. Um, you know, off the coast of Myrtle Beach in the Atlantic, that was certainly a balloon because we got to see it. The one up in, you know, the Yukon, uh, we'll never know what that was. Even the description, you know, you don't hear too much about what that was. But there's this whole craze now because these balloons are being sighted. And these things have been floating around for decades. You know, they, they probably... The Russians or the Soviets or, you know, the, the Chinese have probably been floating things all over the, the world and United States as well. Yeah, I we've mean, been doing it for decades, so. Well, sure. Sure, there's balloons over China that we probably have going. I mean, <laughs> but are they UFOs? I mean, people take it to an extreme. They're like, oh, they're not balloons. Well, I mean, what is it? You know what I mean? This is what the pilots are saying they are. And the one over Myrtle Beach was a balloon. But um, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. It's probably a duck, Travis Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think you that's kind of where... You enough. Yeah, yeah. It's a duck. I think that's where the UFO community is, is that they get caught up. The UFO community, let me sum this up, is too worried about the government acknowledging the phenomenon. 
I'm sorry, but I don't need President Biden to come on TV and tell me that aliens exist. I just don't. Some people do. They need that ultimate, um, like you said, for 50 years or more, they, they've been lying to us about even their own studies. They've had these various offices and departments outside of Blue Book investigating the phenomenon, but yet they call us crazy. And all of a sudden they have departments and all that stuff, but I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the big thing for me is when you, when you hear the statistics, I mean, even Pentagon statistics on, on the phenomenon, we can explain 90% of it. Uh, well, what about that other 10%? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just blows my mind that, that, that now they're willing to admit that, yeah, there's, there's definitely stuff we can't explain that's flying around our planet. We have no clue what it is. Sure. Do you think they're apprehensive, even historically? Are they apprehensive to, to talk about that 10% because they f it's a national security thing? Or is it an embarrassment to our military industrial complex that we're not number one? Because if this is indeed technology that China or Russia's involved with or possessing, we're fucked. Well, but but you see, that's part of the the statistics that that this the UAP division or whatever of the Department of Defense released was that of that ninety percent, I think it was like twelve or fourteen percent, they were able to explain away as military technology from another country or our own country. And so that non-explained portion isn't something that is a technology from somebody else or from us. It's absolutely unexplainable. Right. And, but yet it is clearly identifiable physical objects that have not only visual data, but radar data and you know, other scientific data, not to mention testimony from people <clears throat> that are highly credible, trained observers of, you know, the environment in which these things were captured in. I mean, it just, to me, it speaks for itself. You just cannot explain everything away. You can't. Well, I mean, I'd like for him to admit that the Phoenix lights weren't flares being dropped by the Air Force. Do you think it was flares? No. Oh, good. I, I was about to say this is going to be a whole thing. We're going to have to. It lasted this. for way too long. I mean, flares burn out quick. <laughs> oh, they and they they've redone that experiment a couple of times. Even the Air Force base out there, I can't remember the name of it, but they even went and dropped flares like the following year to show everybody that it was indeed flares. Looked nothing like it. You know, flares they they don't they don't stay in a linear pattern forever. They they sway and they drop and they have a smoke signature. Even from a distance, you can see that smoke illumination right. because of the flare lights. It Those were not flares. People, and it just didn't hover over a mountain range like people see in a lot of these videos. This thing traversed hundreds of miles from, you know, Arizona into uh, maybe even, not Arizona, but parts of Nevada all the way down into um no extreme southeast uh, Arizona. I mean, lots of people over lots of cities saw this big triangular 
craft, boomerang type craft that even the governor of Arizona seen it with his own eyes after he made fun of it. Um, I mean, a lot of people seen something in, in Phoenix. I'm 100% confident that the Phoenix lights were some otherworldly phenomenon. I do not think it was anything that came out of the Air Force Base or anywhere um, close by of, of human origin. I just don't. It doesn't add up. You're talking a couple miles wide of a, of a, of a craft. You know, I, I don't think anyone described it as being as any less than a mile wide. Well, it, we don't it, have shit like that. It makes that. me think of the description from the airline pilot um, during the Reagan administration of this, this uh, aircraft carrier sized craft up in the sky that not only he, but the passengers on the airplane had seen. Is that the one over the Bering Strait? I think so. Yeah. Like a, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, right. You know, back in the 1980s, the thing was immense. Yeah. I mean, the people have been seeing all sorts of craft and different sizes and shapes and characteristics for as long as history has been recorded. It's on, it's on, uh, it's etched in caves, you know, cave dwellings and medieval paintings. Yes. If you interpret it that way. Um, but when people, when hundreds of people see the same thing and they describe it as being a mile wide, there's nothing that humans have produced that, that is that large and that, that silent and give off no signatures of propulsion or noise. You can't dispute that something crazy happened in Phoenix and it happened again years later, like uh, 10 years later, uh, more in the, in, in the, in recent history, um, uh, the same lights, not, I don't think the, the overhead, um, visuals were observed, but it, the same type of lights off in the distance were observed again in Phoenix, but it's not the air force. I mean, you can't, <clears throat> you can't explain that stuff away. You just can't. So, um, a lot of it too. I like, let's, let's use the, the current stuff that's out like the Tic Tac. The U.S. Navy caught on uh, on FLIR video. It's the little dot one that's going like a billion miles an hour over top of the surface of the ocean. Right. Um, it's clearly there, whatever it is. Not an artifact of the video, in my opinion. Um, there's an object there that they're tracking. Now, some skeptics, including Mick West, have said it's just, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what he. Per- particular or specifically called it but a lot of people have just labeled it as airborne trash moving at a much slower rate than what's perceived on video um at at a different distance from the camera um whereas we view it as something moving very fast in a in a super straight linear fashion over the surface of the ocean um but you can't dispute the fact that that the Navy pilots seen it with their own eyes and they tracked it on radar and multiples, not just the one you see the Tic Tac on the video, but multiples of the same craft doing extraordinary maneuvers that, that humans could never survive if they were inside of that, you know, that, um, that fuselage or that vessel. I mean, you'd be smashed to, you'd be spaghetti sauce. Um, but, but yet we see it on video 
You see it on video. I mean, what is that? Like our our fighter pilots wouldn't be tracking something like that as a hoax. Oh no. No. Um even their their interviews nowadays, like this Ryan Graves, he was part of the and and um oh, what's his name? There's another there's another guy that's pretty prominent. <clears throat> He's out in, in some videos and newscasts and he appears on the news, but talking about those videos as they were filmed, because they filmed them. Like they're right. You're just seeing a small portion of what happened. Like some of these originated from the surface of the ocean in a boiling, like a cauldron bubble of stuff going on underneath the surface of the ocean. And they seen it rise up out of the ocean and go 3000 miles up and then back down in a split second. And like, my thing is, is, is if that's not aliens and that is China or Russia or some foreign adversary, uh, we're screwed because if that's weaponized in any fashion, there's no way to defend or track or, or counter that type of technology. Maybe it's Elon Musk. No, I wouldn't put it past Elon Musk. I mean, that guy <laughs> is, he's pretty innovative, but he's being quiet about it. I don't think he's ever publicly came out and commented on what those are, but it's really interesting because it's, it's the most high tech thing we've ever seen. If it's what it is, if it's not a piece of trash floating at 20 mile an hour, as opposed to, it looks like it's, hundred knots plus on that one tic tac video. I mean, if it's something more mundane than that, like a piece of trash, um, which I don't think it is, but we're screwed. <laughs> if it's not that, if it's not a piece of trash. We're screwed. It's not a drone because they can't fly that fast. So somebody I mean, posed a question to me about, uh, aliens. Uh, the other day we were talking about all this different stuff and he posed the question. So we have aliens. They're coming in and they're observing. And that's all they seem to be doing. Why? What, what, what is the purpose? Uh, because they don't come down and aid us. They don't come down and invade us. So what is with the 50 plus years of observation? Well, <clears throat> we, we could be in a giant Petri dish. They're just looking at us through a microscope. We're, we're, so if you can traverse the, the cosmos like they do, presumably, and they have this technology, we would be so boring to them. I mean, I don't Right. Maybe they, they come down and anal probe people or dissect a cow every now and again. But for the most part, I think we'd be incredibly boring as a species um, to observe or interact with. I don't think, you know, when I go out and look at an ant, I'm not going to go talk to it. Now, I'm not going to land on its front lawn at the the ant version of the White House and say, take me to your anthill leader. There's, you're a fucking ant. You're boring. That's probably, in my opinion, if there are extraterrestrials vis visiting us here on Earth, we're just really a boring infant infancy species you know we're just uh we're not old enough or advanced enough we can barely get off the planet so that'd be my answer to that question well but the, they're obviously not interested in aiding us with that 
but they're also not interested in invading us because they're not breaking our ant hill apart and killing us all. Well, some people would say that they're aiding us because you got the whole Eisenhower um, administration story where supposedly somewhere down in, I want to say it's either Dulce or Los Alamos or it was at a New Mexico Air Force base where there's footage of a spaceship coming down and meeting with um, (laughs) Dwight Eisenhower. And they came up with this whole secret pact between humanity and the space aliens where they, we allow them to experiment on humans in exchange for technology. You ever heard that one? Yeah, I've heard that, but I mean, where's the video, but it doesn't, it doesn't, we haven't advanced fast enough. If you understand what I'm trying to say, I mean, yes, our, our technology has advanced since then. And we've made some technological leaps, but not to anywhere near what it would take to traverse the cosmos like they do. Yeah. Well, if you look at the, 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 the rate of acceleration of our technology, though, given the time that we've been around as humans, I think we've I think it's pretty fast. Like if you go back just a measly hundred years or two hundred years, who would ever think about like if you dropped a, a laptop computer off in the Victorian area, that would be just it would be beyond a technology tech, technology um, mindfuck. It would be magical. That would be that would be total witchcraft if you dropped a laptop off in the Victorian era, and then just go a couple you know hundred years or so. But H.G. Wells was writing about it in 1895. Yeah. It wasn't outside their well, imagination. Go go back further. Let's just say in the in the Tudor era, so the mid-1500s or 1600s even. Drop a laptop off back then when people just had the imagination of, you know, everything's uh, sorcery or that type of thought process was blasphemy to the church. And, well, but um, you, you also have to consider the, the socioeconomics of the, the periods of time. People were still scrapping together to have a meal. You know, by the 1950s, most of the Western world, nobody was worrying about where their next meal was coming from. Yeah. You know, yeah. so but, because of that, we were able to put our energy into even furthering the bettering of our lives. The Well, I like to say making us more lazy. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. every bit of technology we have is meant to lessen our burden as laborers. Yeah, that's where AI is going now. Yeah, and that's every scary shit. Yeah, everything, everything written in the future will be done by like chat GPT, you know, AI writer. <laughs> Right. That's ridiculous. It's scary. Out of out of laziness. But that's the thing I'm talking about. Like, but just given how long humans have been around versus how fast we've developed since, you know, fifteen fifty, let's say. It's pretty fast. Oh. Now that we got computers doing shit for us. And we we've been on the moon, in my opinion. We need some guests that don't believe that. Kurt, I think you can line us up here shortly. Oh yeah, I think I can. I'm dying for that. I just, oh, we'll talk about it <laughs> off air, but we, we have to get some people on that 
<clears throat> I, I think the earth line is flat. us up with some some other Bigfoot believers. Yeah, for sure. And and non-believers. I, I want to talk I want to talk to everybody about every topic that's that's outlandish or crazy or just interesting about every side of their opinion and you know every which way but loose. I mean, if we can get people on that want to talk about anything, you know, in that on that spectrum, I'm I'm willing. Well, yeah. you, I mean, even Daniel Boone fought a Bigfoot. Yeah, I seen you had sent me that. Did you watch it? <laughs> no, but I I still have it. I'll go back and watch that. But uh, you got to. It, it's actually yeah. the earliest Western encounter with a Bigfoot in recorded history. Because you know the Native Americans talk about encounters with Bigfoot. But, you know, they were the Native Americans. We can't believe them. So here we have a frontiersman, who a very well-respected frontiersman in, in, in his day. And he tells a story about encountering a Bigfoot. I'm thinking it was a bear. What do you think? I don't think it was a bear. Kurt, do you believe in Bigfoot? I've never seen one, but I do believe it. I, I, there are people that I know that say they have encountered Bigfoot that... Because I know them, I know that they're not lying. That's that's great to hear. Like that is for me knowing you, for you to say that about somebody that you're acquainted with or a friend, that's huge. Because yeah. you don't believe just everything and everybody. If you're taking somebody at word by their character, then I believe you. You know, but I believe that you. They have no reason to lie, and let me tell you, when they recount the stories. You can you can feel it that yes they saw something that their mind did not understand because they they were told that this doesn't exist and there it is <laughs> yeah yeah it just it just there's no uh, motive to lie about things like that there really isn't I mean I <clears throat> I've heard some crazy stories like. Well, we'll get all into that, but you know, I, I've heard crazy stories about Bigfoot that are kind of disposable. But for the most part, credible people are seeing something in the woods and all over the United States and different parts of North America that you just can't discount all the time, like UFOs. I mean, that, that's why we have this show to talk about the craziness out there. And so, I use that word loosely. I don't mean people are crazy, but right. to get the into cool the the, the little bit of the Daniel Boone thing. Okay, here's a guy, and this encounter happens when he's in his 50s. The man had hunted his whole life. Like, he would leave his, his parents' house when he was 10, 11, 12 years old and go out and hunt for, like, the weekend. His parents wouldn't even see him. He'd come home with two, three deer. Yeah, The, the man spent his whole life in the frontier, in the woods, hunting. Right. And it isn't until he's in his 50s that he encounters this thing, which he had heard the legends from the, the Native Americans. But the Natives had told them that they were all gone, that they weren't around anymore because the Great mm -hmm. Spirit had come down from the sky and wiped them out. But yet he encounters one. Oh. I wonder what they referred to, you know, as the great spirit. What wonder what that was. 
That's well, the Great Spirit is what they called God. So, you know, God came down and wiped out the Sasquatch, and wow. so there weren't any anymore. Well, that explains why people don't, in you know, see Sasquatch everywhere is they were wiped out by something. So that may have been the prominent or dominant species at one point. A bunch Possibly, of big yeah. running around. Right. Vanessa, Vanessa. Yes, sir. Bigfoot, yes or no? Yes. Why not? Yeah, that's a good point. Just why not? <laughs> if, if there's ghosts and, and aliens, why not Bigfoot? What about... Go ahead. I'm trying to think of how to word it. I don't know. I just feel like Bigfoot doesn't really fall under any category for me. Like a... Does it fall under a natural category, like a, a non-paranormal? Yeah, yeah, it's not like a weird thing for me. I think it's just something that exists that's hard to catch or find. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think yeah. it's real, for sure. Yeah. My opinion is that some, people are seeing something. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just because we don't have a... <clears throat> A specimen available you know a full body it just it doesn't mean that people aren't seeing what they're describing i think there is a lot of misidentification like bears and other animals and again pareidolia a lot of videos are just 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 uh, misidentification you know they pan their camera th there was one taken in hocking hills that uh, was on that caught on on film paranormal caught on film and it's a guy in a ghillie suit yeah out hunting i i know the one that you're talking about yeah um <laughs> you just got to be careful i mean and again i don't take it any of it seriously i i'm going to do this bigfoot expedition later on this year up at cuyahoga national park and forest or whatever it's called never been there by the way um i'm gonna see what take it's the all train, about it's fun yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on up there. I I would love to see a Bigfoot. The guy that's going to be hosting us, uh, he's never seen a Bigfoot, but he's been involved in Wayne National Forest case for the greater part of a year now. Uh, where these guys are that he's talking to down there are very um, adamant about their interactions with some creatures in the woods down here in Hawking County, which is a county south of where I am now. Um, they're very adamant that there are Bigfoot creatures or Ohio grassmen, as they call it, you know, in the woods. And uh, they're dead serious. Like, this stuff is going on. There's some things that went on on the camera on a couple of their YouTube videos um, uh, that <clears throat> were kind of weird. And, and the Hocking Hills itself, there's some weird stuff going on down there. I mean, we've had we've had our own case that 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 has transpired down there and but you know you never know what's around us in the woods i mean tar hall or not tar hollow but um uh schallenberger park which is just a i think it's a metro park even um it's it's probably what vanessa five minutes from where we're setting vanessa's mm -hmm. in lives in the same town i am but um 
they somebody on one of these um odnr ohio department of natural resources uh naturists have dubbed that one of the top five places to encounter bigfoot in ohio this little park why because if you go in it it's so densely it's it's just so much forest i mean there's really there's no reason anybody should be in the depths of those forests you know the, the wooded land back there um so there could be a Bigfoot like five minutes down the road. You just don't know. Uh, I just want to see, see one. I didn't know Schallenberger was a hot spot at all. And Brooklyn and I went out and uh, tried to film out there, just fart around, film nature, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. eerie because it's thick and there's literally nothing around you for no. a grip, you know? Yeah. So, and I didn't know that that was like, there's, they're big for bears out in that area. And I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't know that I'm that not was a hot spot. Until... Now, yeah. According to OADNR, there aren't any bears in Ohio. Oh, horse shit. There's, there's bears, no bears there. in Ohio. There's no wildcats in Ohio. <laughs> well, Schallenberger Park is the only place I've ever seen a bobcat. And that's five minutes from here. We saw yeah. one in the parking lot entering the the, um, the park itself. I mean, it's that park is just a nature trail. I mean, there's one singular trail that you can go on. And there's some little loops back there in the back, but I've been all through that park, the, the, the furthest back you can go on the property. And it's spooky. It really is. It, uh, it's spooky in a sense that you think that there's wild animals back there, not Bigfoot. And to, to your comments, Vanessa, I don't know that I've ever heard of a Bigfoot sighting in Schallenberger, but it was dubbed one of the top five places to find a Bigfoot. So, but for me, I mean, you got, you got urban Lancaster, if you call that urban, just on the other side of the hill, basically, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You just never know where where things are. If there can be a ghost in a haunted house, why can't there be a Bigfoot in the woods? I'm not ruling anything out. <laughs> yep. Well, we're going on two hours. We haven't done a two-hour one for a while. Two hours is good. You guys want to go about four or five hours? Or I don't think my phone's going to let me. I don't hear a screaming kid. Kurt, the wife is in Budapest or wherever the hell she's at. Budapest, I seen where she she posted a picture. It said "Bud and Pest." I was like, "Wait, Buda and Pest? Yeah, it's two if different you put cities them together." I didn't know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, we can go ahead and wrap it up. Going on two hours, but for everybody who tuned in and stuck it out to the very end. We appreciate you watching our new format on the Shadow Things show. So it's no longer the Shadow Things podcast, but it's the Shadow Things show. And those of us, those of you listening to us just on audio on your favorite uh, podcast distribution point, we appreciate you listening. But if you're on YouTube, please click, click the subscribe button below and like us and all that stuff. And uh, tune in next time for the next episode. We're going to be a little bit more structured next time and have a topic. We're just kind of catching up and shooting a shit about a different uh, array of things here and uh, well, just having fun. Alien. I'm just sitting here vibing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I 
I'm just letting you yeah. guys go. People are probably like, why well, is she here? Well, listen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you're 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 our best viewer. So yeah, we appreciate everybody's viewership and listenership, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode of the Shadow Things Show. Peace.